0: brought to you by state farm like a good neighbor state farm is there judy was boring hello then judy discovered jumbacasino.com
1: it's my little escape
0: now judy's the life of the party
1: oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon
0: whoa take it easy judy The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is vSEN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shah on vSEN, the
2: sports betting network.
3: We begin the Thursday edition of Big Bets here on these. Dave Ross, alongside Amal Shah here at South Point Casino and Hotel in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. And Amal, it feels like we're getting closer and closer now. Of course, we've got week 16. Beginning tonight?
4: Have I finally figured it out? Yes, you have.
3: We're actually going to 18, but there's 17 games in the NFL season. And we got a big one tonight between the Jags and the Jets. We're going to have Calvin Watkins join us in uh, this hour to talk about the Cowboys and the Eagles. Pritch is going to join us. Mike Pritcher, of course, in hour number two. Always love catching up with Pritch to talk all things NFL. But, you know, there, there are some things that we talked about yesterday in the show. And the reason why we bring these things up earlier in the week is, you know, the numbers are going to change once things become official, right? Right. With the Eagles per se. Now we know Jalen hurts is hurt. He is officially out. He's not going to play in big D on Saturday. So Gardner Mitchell is going to officially get the start. We know now that it looks like we got issues for Ryan Tannehill with the Tennessee Titans. Not only is he not going to go this week, he might not go at all for the remainder of the year. So we knew when they were doing the Byron Leftwich thing that this guy can barely walk, yet somehow he finished the game on Sunday, and that really does impact tonight, the Jaguars and the Jets, because if the Jags could steal tonight's game in New Jersey against New York, then potentially they could be right there week 18 in that winner-take-all matchup, potentially against the Titans.
4: Yeah, as long as Jacksonville is able to navigate this game and then beat Houston, they're in a position where that guarantees them an opportunity to win the division on the final day of the regular season by virtue of beating Tennessee in Nashville earlier this year. If they drop this game, though, Dave, and then if – Tennessee can win the game against Houston mm-hmm. and win the final game, or I'm sorry, the next last game against Dallas, then they lock up the division. So, an important game here, but Tennessee still with a tough game against the Cowboys. You still have the final game against Jacksonville in Duval. That'll be a tough one. So, I, I got to tell you right now, the Jacksonville Jaguars, wait a minute, they are a favorite now to win the division? How about that? I looked two days ago, it was 140, went down to 130. Now we're seeing Tennessee at plus 115.
3: Wow. I got to tell you, though, now that you're getting plus money with the Titans at plus $1.15, I I don't know what Malik Willis is going to be. Right. But we're going to find out. That number has plummeted against Houston this week, right, with Malik under center. But here's the deal. They had him under center when they beat the Texans the last time. Wasn't necessarily pretty. They won 17-10 on the road. And remember that Chiefs game. That was that primetime game where they went to overtime with Malik Willis under center. Now, he Mm -hmm. didn't do a whole heck of a lot. Right for the offense, but don't you have to believe that in the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven weeks since that Malik Willis is, at, you would hope figured something out, or the coaching staff has figured something out, so it can't just be the big rig twenty-two coming at you, and you
4: hope the defense holds up. It sure feels like it. I mean, do you really trust Malik Willis? Can he get the job done? I don't know if there's enough confidence he in him was to be a- dynamic at Liberty. I'm glad you added that at Liberty because there was no chance you're going to stay in the league so far.
3: Right. And that's the thing, right? We, we talk about these things you see in college and then can they, can they actually go to the next level and do these things and not everybody can do it. Right. Yeah. But from what you saw there and what you've seen so far in the NFL, I feel like kids gloves are on for him. Right. We're not giving him too much. We're trying to really dummy this down. Look, they do this for other quarterbacks as well. Jimmy G, right. We're going to dummy it down, do what what we know he can do. Good coaching staffs. Taylor, make
4: the offense to what your quarterback can actually do. Absolutely right. But right now, I don't know if there's a confidence in Malik Willis, not only from his standpoint, but from the team's standpoint. Do they believe he's the guy that can really navigate this uh, next couple of weeks you're playing an elite defense in Dallas, and then you're taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars in a road game for the division? I mean, this could be an epic collapse here by the Tennessee Titans. They've lost five in a row. They were seven and two. Now they're seven and seven. They got the
3: Texans here coming up uh, this week. You mentioned that Cowboy game now with the official news that Jalen Hurts is out and it will be, be Gardner Minshew Saturday down there in Dallas. If the Cowboys were to lose that game, what would be the incentive for the Cowboys? Well, I guess that then they're like we got to wrap up the five seed. Yeah. So there would still be something to play for against Tennessee the following week. But we're trying to extrapolate like when you see that number shift that now the Colts are the, excuse me the Jags are the favorite to win the South. That's kind of the reason why, because this, the bookmakers are looking at it and saying, well, not only do they have Malik Willis a quarterback, they're only, what, a three-point favorite this week, 3-3.5 three, three against Houston. They're going to be dogs against the Cowboys, and they're going to be dogs against the
4: Jags. So it almost feels like this week for the Titans, it's a must-win against well, Houston. It, it is. But I'll tell you what, the results of tonight's game, if you're going to bet the division odds on this one, whether you're taking uh, Jacksonville or you're taking Tennessee – you can really determine tonight's game uh, because if Jacksonville were to lose this game, I think it puts them in a more difficult spot because then they need Tennessee to lose at least one of those two games against Houston or against Dallas.
3: Yeah. It's getting really fascinating. I cannot believe how much of the numbers have switched this week, but that is because of the news of Ryan Tannehill, not just being gone for this week, but it is because more than likely you're not going to see him for the rest, rest of the remainder of the regular season. One other nugget that I found interesting I can't do like a really good Bill Belichick. Yeah, but they, he was asked uh, if he would comment if Mac Jones would be the quarterback for the final uh, three weeks of the season, and his quote was, "Yeah, the uh, plan is to beat Cincinnati." That's my best Belichickian, you know, reliving the, the this the uh, the quote. So it's like on to Cincinnati. That's what he said years ago when Brady got beat up by the Chiefs. What's the plan on to Cincinnati? Well, our plan is to beat Cincinnati. He didn't say the plan is to be quarterback. Are we really looking at Bailey Zappi now? Western Kentucky gets a nice bowl win last night. Are we looking at Bailey Zappi and saying, are we going to look to see other options if you say lose to the Bengals and Bengals are three-point favorites to get it done this weekend in Foxborough and say, well, what do we have in Mac Jones? Why don't we find out what we have in Bailey Zappi?
4: Maybe they don't like what they've seen in practice. I always kind of look back to what teams evaluate players in practice. You have the best insight there. And maybe they just don't like what they've seen out of him. Remember, he played well in that one game for about a quarter and a Wait, half or well two quarters. In Minnesota,
3: Minnesota Thanks, Thanksgiving weekend, right?
4: No, that was Mac Jones. Yeah, no, yeah, oh, I'm, I, yeah, i was saying when Mac Jones played well. Oh, I'm well. sorry, I'm saying Bailey's <laughs> uh, Bailey because I think he played yeah. against the Bears. And but, then it went it south. south real quick, yeah, right? Um, you know, first of all, I get no qualms with Belichick saying we're on to Cincinnati. I give him credit for being consistent in his response. He doesn't change. You know, as a person who covered sports, and I'm going to include myself in this category, most of the people, the reason why people cover sports, sports because they're not intelligent enough to cover things that actually matter in life. Damn right I mean, about most that. of these people are absolute morons that are covering the team. Some of the questions, they should be like, you know, you asked that question, it's so stupid. You're permanently, and your credentials should be permanently ejected. I knew
3: I had limited options as a youngster. I, I knew sports was the path to go. But I'm
4: not... Curing cancer. I wish I could. But But there's a lot of people in this business think they are. (laughs) I would give you a list of names, but there's too many lists. The show's only two hours. (laughs) Uh, So it'll be interesting to see what the Pats do here. Because, again, they're not done. They're not out of it, right?
3: They're still in the playoff mix here. But it would take a, quote, unquote, upset at home against the Bengals this week. And then, again, we'll figure out what the Jets do tonight against the Jags. By the way, that number for the Jets, very interesting. This thing was picked most of the week. It's up to two and a halfs. I'm seeing yeah. out there now. So money's coming in two, two and a half. So you remember yesterday was about one. Right. You still could have I, – I wish I'd hopped on the Jets when I liked them as, at a pick and price. This thing might get to three before we get to kick tonight.
4: Yeah, I am staying away from this game completely. I think this is one of the tougher games of the season. Um, this one could go either way in my opinion. The move from zero to one to two is not that big of a deal. So remember one thing. Let's say, for example, you had $100,000 come in on a line at three and goes to three and a half. Mm. But at one to two, it's going to move a little bit quicker than it would be at uh, three to three and a half, just because the value of the points are not as great as they would be in a scenario where you go from three, to three to and a half to potentially four. Something we talked about a little bit before we started the show today. And that was weather mm-hmm. right now. You've noticed this total
3: has plummeted as the week has gone on as well. 37. You're seeing here. I am seeing some 36 and a half populate out there. in some of the screens out here in Las Vegas and, uh, I get it. I mean, it's cold here in Vegas. It's going to be like 60 today. We feel your pain in the Northeast. But...
4: But, I'm, I'm laughing because you're, you're misleading people. It has been freezing here for the and last it's month. It is not cold. You cannot say that Las Vegas is cold. We, we, we know
3: what everybody else in the, the Midwest and you know, the Northeast That's East, their what problem. They with. choose to live there. Let me I tell agree. you something. December is not and, cold. It, this
4: is my ninth December here. This was unusually cold. By the way, I saw somebody walk around with sleeve, uh, short sleeves on. I have a yeah. full-on winter jacket because I'm not a moron. You do complain about the weather a lot, but I never complain when it's 110. I never complain when it's 110. Summertime, I never complain. People go, "Oh, it's 110." I said, "Tell me, how's that, Mont <laughs> Minneapolis?" I don't have the shovel heat. <laughs> it does get a little nippy in
3: Jacksonville for Florida, yes, right? Absolutely. For Florida, yes, it's that's like the cold part of Florida. Uh, I'd go but, to the Panhandle; a little bit colder. A little bit colder, but they're yeah. going to Jersey, and it's gonna be cold tonight. Is that the reason for the line move? Or is this like the toe injury for
4: Trevor Lawrence? Or is this one of those classic, we got a a Florida team coming up to play in New York, New Jersey? I think it's a short week, quick turnaround. Jets were at home. Jaguars get a big win against Dallas in overtime. An emotional spot. Very easy to potentially look at a letdown here for Jacksonville. To me, this is going to be a better game to play on the in game. When you get a number, Mm. depending on who scores first, you take a look at a number that's over three and a half on either side. I think this is going to be a tight game. It's going to come down to who can minimize mistakes. You do feel more confident and comfortable with uh, Trevor Lawrence. You have the number one versus number two picks in the draft going against each other in this game. Let's see how Zach Wilson can perform.
3: You know, I love that that uh the way you're approaching this because now with the number moving to two, two and a half out mm-hmm. there, let's say the Jets hopped up seven nothing. Right. Right. Would you almost be rooting for one like forget about a field goal? You want like a number changer. Correct. Exactly. You, you're looking for yes. a
4: touchdown either way. Yes. And then maybe hop in on the other side because we think this could be a field goal game. I, I love the point you just raised. Absolutely right. There are certain games I'm watching. I'm like, I hope somebody scores. You don't in the care first who three. it is. Yeah, I don't care who it is. I just want a quick score right. in the first couple of minutes of the game, and then you hope to get a better number depending on the situation. You know, it happens constantly. Yesterday, for example, George Mason's playing Old Dominion in college basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, ODU, I think, was a couple of point favorite to start the game. Uh, GMU's up by 12. In-game, ODU's plus six and a half. They end up losing by three. So... So many different times. If you can just wait patiently, wait on a better number, you'll get a great opportunity. That's a great way to
3: handicap this one tonight, because again, the number is on the move. So we'll see where it goes before we get out of here uh, today for this edition of Big Bets. When we come back, let's talk about some college bowl games. Uh, we got a couple today. We got a good one between Baylor and, and Air Force potentially. We'll talk about that and what we have coming up on the weekend slate. Come on back. It's Big Bets here on and the sports betting network.
5: the Sports Betting
3: Network. Lace up your cleats with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook and gear up because it's College Bowl season. Log into Bet Rivers every single game day. Receive a bet on behalf of Bet Rivers when you place a wager of at least twenty-five dollars. Bet Rivers has all the latest odds, lines, and boosts to create the perfect game day experience. Head to BetRivers.com. Download the Bet Rivers app today to get in on all the action. It is a whole new ballgame. Back alongside of Maul Shaw, Dave Ross here rolling on this Thursday edition. It's not quite the holiday edition, but it feels like it today at South Point here in Las Vegas. Because you know people are going to start traveling, going home for the holidays, mom, dad, I'll miss you in Virginia Beach. But you're going to try to get home, right, and, and see mom? Hey, I'm going to try. Let's see if the flights comply. Because we're seeing that, that yeah. that's an issue, right? And by the way, very quickly before we get to the College Bowls, with the, we were kidding about the weather. But you really think there could be some games that the
4: NFL says... I don't
3: know that we should play these this, this
4: weekend. Well, I'm just looking at the weather throughout the country. I mean, when do you see weather in St. Louis and Kansas City in the oh, negatives man. with temperature? Right now in Minneapolis today it was minus 8 degrees without the windshield. With the wind chill, it was minus 28. Oof. You remember that uh, championship game probably over a decade ago now was Chase Daniel in
3: Missouri against like, Kansas. Yep. And, and they played that at Arrowhead. And it was freezing. Do you yeah. remember that one? Like that was legit called for college kids to go to. But they played it. So, like, my thing is it's like, where, where's the demarcation line? Because remember in Buffalo before Thanksgiving they said. I didn't get that. What's that? They didn't play the game there in Buffalo. They moved it. Right. They moved it because to, to Detroit. For yeah. snow? In Buffalo? Like, like, I used to live in Rochester. That's only an hour away from Buffalo. You, you know, that's what you sign up for when you live in those cities. They know it. Fans know it. They're still going to go. But you really think they might say Cleveland, Saints, what are we playing this for now for two
4: teams that are kind of out of it? Would you think about moving it to a Monday or Tuesday? I, I don't know. I'm just saying looking at the scenario with how cold it is, the temperatures throughout the country on the weekend and already started in certain places. Like Minneapolis, I don't think it's going to get above 10 degrees. They play until. Yeah, the problem is you got to get to the game.
3: Yeah, we just get in the bus. Yeah, like, look, if the fans can't be there, I'm sympathetic. Like, yes, you want a home field advantage if you're Minnesota. It's really more important that we just play the game, though. That's I, why. To be built honest, the so damn you got to worry
4: about the, the the men's and women's restrooms, the uh, the water being frozen, everything. I'm telling you right <laughs> oh, now, this is true. like
3: serious concerns. That's true. They they do have to think about those things. I'm just thinking about playing the game. But I, your point is well taken. Uh, let's get to some of the college bowls that we have out there, and we do have a good one today. And I don't want to put somebody on blast. that texted me yesterday about this game, Michael Kim, our buddy back back in Chicago. But he was asking me about this Baylor Air Force game, and he's like, "Hey, you know, like." Air Force, we know what they want to do, right? The triple option, the way military academies run it, right. it's difficult to defend. right? And I was saying, I was like, well, you know, Amal and I actually discussed this a lot on the on the show yesterday, and you like Dave Miranda with time to prepare for the, the Falcons offense here. It feels like, I don't want to say the public, because the public can be right too, but it feels like the majority of the people out there are leaning towards Air Force in this one. Right. You see the total, low total of 42 and a half. Are they live dogs in this or do you think a they've got more talent at Baylor than they do at the Academy?
4: Yeah, absolutely. I know they're definitely a live dog in this one. I don't think it's an easy game, but I think Baylor uh, finds a way through in this one. Uh lines I've seen as low as three now at minus one twenty. So uh, money coming in on Air Force in certain spots, but you know, you look at Hazeek Daniels done a really nice job for this Air Force team. But, Dave, the problem is when you get behind the sticks against a team like Baylor and you got to throw the ball, they're already good enough against the pass against teams that are traditional passing offenses. Mm-hmm. Now you're talking about a team that just doesn't have the consistency in terms of throwing the ball. I think this could be a tough matchup for them. I, I like the Bears in this game. Uh, to me, I just feel like they're a little bit more of a uh, competent offense compared to what you'll get out of those service academies. Here's the problem. It's a great scenario if Air Force takes a lead in terms of their style of play and if they can really maintain that, a two-score lead. But if you fall behind, now you're really facing an uphill battle to come back, in my opinion. And that's the thing. Can Air Force, let's say, hypothetically, Baylor gets out to a
3: 7 nothing 10 nothing lead? Right. Can they stick to what they do, grind it out, run clock,
4: or are they like, we can't change our spots now? This is our offense. No, they—they're fine. I'm talking about like more in the fourth quarter situation. We, you know, we got to hurry up, right? Like whereas Baylor can do that, right? That they're used to running with tempo. I was laughing because I'm thinking, hurry up, let's run three fullback dives.
3: (laughs) <laughs> That's kind of the way they, they run their offense.
4: There's two things you got to worry about if you're uh, batting on Air Force. One, if you get a holding penalty, it kills a really oh, a drive, yes. right? You, yes. Now, all of a sudden, you're looking at first and 20. And then the other thing is, in terms of if you get tackled for a loss or even just a, a one- or two-yard gain on first and second down, you know anything greater than third and 6 they they'll still run the ball because the one advantage that, that service academies do have is they take advantage of the full four downs, I think, which is yep. so yeah, brilliant. Yes. You know, Fourth and one, fourth and two, they're going to go for it. You, you, when you're playing them, you've got to have it – You know, fourth and five or greater probably. This is a double-edged sword, a great point you just made. It's a double-edged sword
3: when you're talking about the totals, when you're looking at service academies. Because sometimes you go, well, they're not going to kick field goals a lot of the time, right? Right. But also they can get down there inside the 20 and get stuffed, and there goes your your over starts to die in the vine, right? Is there, when you're looking at the academies in a game like this, in a bowl game, right, is there a lean one way or the other? Do you think that that style
4: benefits the over or the under? If you could kind of go big picture on that. Just, I would just go over simply because I think Baylor's going to be able to put up some points. Air Force has done really well this year, but the one win over a team against, over 500 was San Diego State. And San Diego State's offense oh boy. wouldn't score against Georgia in about 16 quarters. Um, <laughs> that was an ugly offensive football. Game. Oh, it, it was horrific. And it's not like Air Force is exactly a juggernaut offensively in that matchup, but you look at the rest of the schedule, they're beating up on weaker teams. Baylor's much more tried and true, I, I think, For Baylor and Dave Aranda, this would be a nice win to get to seven and six. And you're in Fort Worth, not too far from uh, Waco. That won't really play that much of a role in it because both teams, you know, have probably been here since Sunday. Yeah. But for me, I I just think that Baylor's got a few more athletes, and that makes a difference uh, in terms of who you're covering and what you're doing. Even if you've got situations where you have guys that may traditionally not be playing or have opted out, it it just makes it a lot easier. I still think, though, Baylor's athletes against Air Force athletes. And that's the challenge when you see these teams. Air Force, they played Colorado. Colorado was horrific. Yeah. But other than that, if you're playing a team in a power five, generally these teams struggle a little bit, and I I think Baylor's got an edge here. It is interesting because we did see some threes yesterday get down as low as three and
3: then immediately pop back up to three and a half. Right. So I think a lot of maybe some people are waiting to see those threes populate and then hop on Baylor. It is back to three and a half. I'll be very interested to see where this gets before we get to kickoff tonight. Uh, down there in Texas. I want to look at to to tomorrow's slate very quickly, if I could, because I love getting kind of that 24-hour look, and then we'll see if the numbers change by the time we get on the air tomorrow for big bets. And I want to look at Houston and Louisiana Lafayette here, and H-Town right now, Dana Hogerson and his crew weighing seven, high total here of 57. Are we going to get that shootout in this one, or do you think Louisiana can kind of keep this and keep that Houston offense limited? Because, boy, if you, you banked on overs again in Houston games this year, you probably cashed more tickets than you didn't.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is going to be an interesting one. This game is being played uh, in Independence Stadium in Shreveport. Uh, you know, Dave, to me, both teams obviously not that far in terms of travel, so it should be pretty easy from that standpoint. But the and Cajun have had an inconsistent year since Billy Napier left. This mm-hmm. team has been 6-6, six six, not really overwhelming anybody. Uh, you know, Woolridge has been okay and inconsistent at quarterback at times, but he's... You know, Fields as well, n- not great. So I-, I favor Houston here. Not going to play this game. Not going to lay seven. I- I'd say what Houston's burned me quite a bit this year. Not a big fan of them <laughs> in terms of what Dana Holgerson and company have done. Uh, Tune. you know, they lost Alton McCaskill before the season started their tailback. And I think that had a huge impact on this team in terms of what they were able to do or what they weren't able to do. Um, but the question is, can Houston cover uh, Dell in this one? If he can, if they, he's had a tremendous year, almost 1,500 yards receiving. Very quickly, some people out there are going to go, oh, Houston 7. Let me tease
3: this down to one mm-hmm. and make it almost an Al Davis just win baby type game. Yeah. We've talked about it a lot throughout the college football season. Why it's not a good idea, good practice to tease college games.
4: Well, I, you know, the first thing I want to say is you're talking long term. Right. Right. I think in one-offs, you can do almost anything in any situation. It can be applicable. Okay, Maybe in this game, you like it. But here's the other thing I would say if you're doing a teaser, look at the math. Houston minus 260 money line, and depending on who or what you're teasing it with, what's the price on the other team, and then what's the money line there? Sometimes the two-team money line parlay is better odds for you than a six-point teaser. Uh, I would say you could do it, but I would not get into the habit of it long-term. It's not going to benefit you. And this is why I don't worry about the movements in college football as much as you do NFL, because the— there's just a talent discrepancy that odds makers don't necessarily, aren't necessarily able to effectively quantify. You see it in so many games, so many times throughout the course of the season. Now, if you have like an Alabama-Georgia matchup, it matters. You know, Michigan-Ohio State, uh, those types of games, that's going to matter. But in some of these other matchups where you have teams that just have too much talent compared to the other team, that six points seven points is not going to mean as much, but I I don't think people, you know, you hear people say, oh, it's so stupid. You know what? Let me tell you something. People make some of the dumbest bets you've ever seen. Guy bet 80,000 on Tiger Woods and he won 1.1 million or whatever he won. Nobody's sitting there criticizing him after the fact. So I I think as a one-off, you can apply certain scenarios in certain situations. I think there's certain things you don't want to get in the habit of and teasing college football is one of them. I wish I knew you in high school
3: (laughs) when I wore younger man's clothes. Sing it, Billy. Very quickly. Wake Forest (laughs) against uh, Mizzou. Mm -hmm. I love when you say misery will be more misery for Mizzou tomorrow. And again, we're in that spot here where instead of taking the points, if you like the Tigers, maybe play the plus 115 on the money line.
4: If you like Wake, you're inside that that key three, you might want to lay that too. Yeah, the misery starts tonight in the (laughs) Bush-Bragg-and-Wright series when (laughs) Illinois plays in St. Louis tonight against the uh, Tigers in college basketball. But uh, when you look at this matchup right now um, for Missouri and uh, Wake Forest, I I expect – Wake Forest, uh, their quarterback, I'm drawing a blank on this. Sam Hartman. Thank you. Sam Mm -hmm. Hartman. I'm a huge fan of this guy. He's had a great year, 35 touchdowns, 11 INTs. Not great on the INTs, but still, this offense is very dangerous. Perry's been tremendous in terms of catching the football. Um, They've done a great job. I I lean towards Wake Forest in this game. It should be a fun one. Coming back with Calvin Watkins talking Cowboys-Eagles next on PC.
0: VCN's big bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VCN, the
5: sports betting network.
3: VEASAN is the gift that keeps on giving. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber for only $79. Get access to everything we do from now through the big dance. Sign up today. You're going to receive $20 to buy VEASAN sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear at our online store. Only VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recaps of the top plays made by VEASAN show hosts and guests, betting splits, and betting reports. This is a limited-time offer, so sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift and get VEASAN Pro access through the end of March Madness at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Back alongside Amal Shaw, Dave Ross here. Always a pleasure each and every uh, week or whenever we can catch up with Calvin Watkins down in Dallas. Of course, he's a writer for the Dallas Morning News. You can follow him on Twitter at Calvin Watkins. Calvin, great to have you back on. Uh, Amal's probably tired of hearing me complain about the Cowboys' loss last week to the Jaguars because I feel like my future bets for the division are toast. All the Eagles got to do is win one, one more out of the three What's the mood like down in Dallas with no Jalen Hurts this weekend? Are they still looking at this as some sort of benchmark game?
5: Yeah, if they believe that they can uh, win this division title, they got to win this game, and they need some help. Um, one of the defensive players on the, on the Cowboys team was telling me yesterday he was hoping that uh, Jalen Hurts would play on Sunday, which he's not because they want to beat, the Eagles at their best. They don't, want any, they don't hear any excuses from the Eagles if they don't win this game on a Saturday afternoon uh, here in uh, Dallas. But the bottom line is the, the mood is good. It was a little down after getting upset by Jacksonville on the road. But for the most part, these guys have uh, moved on and they believe that if they can beat the Eagles, they got a shot to win the division.
4: What do you think about this team in terms of potentially if they drop this game and then all of a sudden they go from possibly the five seed to the six seed? Is that a possibility or realistic in your mind just based on the fact, even though they still have to play the Giants one more, uh, I'm sorry, not the Giants one more time. They still have to play Washington Mm -hmm. at Washington and uh, at Tennessee. It's not like they have an easy schedule down the stretch. Or are you confident they're probably locked in at the five spot and they should be able to get a
5: game or two here? I think they're they're pretty much solidified in the, in the five spot, um, if they lose Saturday, right, then they got to go to Tennessee on a short week. And that's a tough game, even though Tennessee's been up and down. And Mike McCarthy was saying today that he expects to play all his players. So they're going to play this thing like as if every game means something. And then the last game of the year is in Landover against uh, the Commanders. And that game might mean more to the Commanders than, uh, than Dallas because the Commanders might need that game to get in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But uh, for the most part, the Cowboys, obviously they have confidence in themselves that they're going to beat Philly on Saturday, but uh, it's not going to derail their seating. They're pretty much fetished in the five spot. But they, w- if anything, they need to win this game to hope that uh, Philly also loses a couple more games and they have a chance to win the division. But they need a
3: lot of help. They, yeah, they need a lot of help. That would mean New Orleans would have to beat the Eagles in Philadelphia next week. We'll find out about Jalen Hurts uh, after this game against the Cowboys. And, Calvin, you remember this well last year, right? Last game of the year it didn't mean anything to the Cowboys. They put a big number up against Gardner Minshew and the Eagles, right, in, in a meaningless game. So I think Mike McCarthy's already shown that yeah. blueprint. So there's really going to be no rest. Win, lose, or draw. You think that even if they, you know, they can't get the number one seed. Let's say if Philadelphia wins, they're going to play full board, even though they're going to have a game the final, you know, the week after if they don't get the one seed.
5: No, uh, you know, I think his his thinking is he's done it both ways. He's gone at when he's in Green Bay. He's like, hey, we got the number two seed or one seed, whatever seeding that he's got, sold up. And they go in that game, and they'll rest the starters, and then they've been knocked out of the playoffs quick. Then he's gone into it where we're going to play all our people to the end, even though our seating is secure, and he's also got knocked off. <laughs> so at this stage of the year, it's to play your people for as long as you can. And let's be honest, the Cowboys have some injury issues on defense. Mm-hmm. You know their secondary is in shambles, so they got to they got to get a, uh, find a, a better rotation in the secondary before the playoffs. They just started Tyron Smith at right tackle in that Jacksonville game last week. So now they want to get Tyron Smith and that and the rest of those offensive linemen some kind of continuity, something they haven't had for the majority of the season. So I, that's part of the reason why he's going to have all those guys play this out. Now say they get to the last game of the year in Washington and it's the second half, and the Cowboys are getting blown out, then I might see some of the backups play more, but not until something like that happens.
4: Calvin, in your opinion, what's the ceiling for this team in terms of the playoffs? They're looking at potentially matching up with Tampa, and also how concerned are you with Dak Prescott? Seven INTs in the last four games. Now, the last one you can probably put on Noah Brown, but overall, uh, in terms of the ceiling for this team and what, you're, what do you evaluate Dak at so far?
5: You know, before that Jacksonville game, I thought that they could at least get to the second round, meaning the divisional round. And But now, after losing to Jacksonville and after they struggled against Houston, and they almost lost to Detroit. And if they lose to Philly, which I think they'll beat Philly, I think. I, I just think that if they, they, it's going to be a tough game in Tampa in the, in the wild card round. That's a tough game. Yeah, I know Tampa's record is not what it is, but the Cowboys have not beaten Tom Brady, you know. <laughs> so until you beat Tom Brady, then, I, you know, I, I, Tampa Bay is a favorite in that game. And I understand the record, the play, but they've never beaten this man before. So until they can do that, then they say they do beat Tampa and we get to the divisional round, guess who they're going to play? The Philadelphia Eagles. So they're going to lose that game. So basically I'm saying they are – a, a, a second-round team. we are going to get
3: to the divisional round, and that's it. I kinda, look, they've never beaten Tom Brady. That is, in fact, facts. So, like, I know everybody's just kind of saying, well, they'll go down to Tampa and win that game. I'm with Calvin. I think it's going to be a really tough game for the Cowboys if that's exactly the way it matches up. You talked about the offense. Everybody always looks at Dak, and I understand why. But you mentioned that defense. At corner, the Cowboys are super rail-thin at this point. Micah has not been the same guy in the second half. I know he's been dealing with some injuries and now a sickness as well. What can Dan Quinn do at this point of the season to kind of patchwork this secondary together?
5: Well, they're going to start. They're going to do a combination with uh, Kelvin Joseph and Nation Wright. They're going to start outside at corner. Uh, they're going to put McKenzie in the slot, They're you know, call him up in the practice squad. He's a veteran who's been in Minnesota before. That's, what the, that's how they're going to handle the secondary. Micah Parsons, uh, you know, last year was such a magical year. And it's it so hard to, to, you know, replicate what he did last year. But um, he's having a good year this year, but teams know who he is. And teams are going to double him. And one of the things McCarthy was talking about today is a triangle. I said, and so someone said, what's the triangle? And he goes, a tackle's going to touch Michael Parsons. A guard's going to touch Michael Parsons. A tight end's going to touch Micah Parsons. Then he said another triangle is a tackle touched Michael Parsons. A wide receiver touches Micah Parsons. A running back touches Michael Parsons. So he's going to get a lot of attention. He's going to get touched by two or three people. So his numbers are going to be down, even though he's having a pretty good season. Um, and he's a little mixed up. Um, this game, it wouldn't surprise me if he plays a little bit more linebacker because they don't have Leighton Banner, he's out because of the stinger. So then he might be able to make a couple of more plays uh, on Saturday against Philly.
3: He's, he's getting that Lawrence Taylor treatment, right? Everybody's chipping on him. That's exactly what they did to LT, and you saw the markets reflecting it. Michael Parsons is now not the favorite. He's minus
4: $1. five. Nick is the favorite at minus $1.25 to win the award. To quote Bill Belichick, this is Lawrence Taylor we're talking about, right? <laughs> don't, don't go there, Dave. I, I, I know you, Calvin. You're probably unaware, but Dave is a super fan. I mean, right there next to Roger Staubach, they're on par as to who the biggest Cowboys. I'm right there are. with Roger, with Captain America. Uh, yeah, there's no question about it. By the way, Nick Bosa is going to win that Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, NFC big picture right now, putting you on the spot: Philly, Minnesota, San Francisco, maybe somebody else. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who are you picking to come out of the conference and get to Glendale?
5: Woo. That's a good one. Uh, i got to go with Philly for right now because they have the best record and the hottest team. The defense is just unbelievable. Hurts is playing well. Um, I, I worry about if he misses this game, which he will, in the next one, and then say they sit him out in the last game, right? So that would mean he missed the last regular season games. They get a bye. but so that's a month of not playing. So, I'm a little worried about him not playing for basically a month and getting ready to, to handle his business in a playoff game where, where it could be the Dallas Cowboys. So, I, I will pick the Eagles to come out of the NFC. San Francisco is damn good, bro. They got some throw men into that front line. And so, San Francisco will be the second-best team, I think, in the conference. I would say Dallas is better than Minnesota, not because Dallas beats Minnesota, but Minnesota, Minnesota's got head problems. And I don't trust their quarterback. But that's how I kind of rank those teams
3: in the NFC. But number one to be Philly. All right, absolutely love it. Calvin, you're, you're always welcome here to talk Cowboy football with me and all. You know that. <laughs>
5: I appreciate that. Enjoy that game on
3: Saturday. Merry Christmas to you. He does a great job, obviously, down there with the Dallas Morning News. Thank you, Calvin. Stay warm. Thanks, Scott. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk more NFL as well, and see if we get some adjusted numbers here on anything we might like in college basketball as well. Come on back. It is big bets here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network.
0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void for prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
5: V-S1's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSEN, the sports betting network.
3: Welcome back. This segment of Eason Big Vets is presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches, the surprisingly simple way to enjoy nicotine. Most nicotine products are either too complicated to use or don't provide the satisfaction that you're looking for, but Zen Nicotine Pouches might surprise you. Zen is made with six simple ingredients. It's completely tobacco-free, leaf plus it offers up to one hour of nicotine satisfaction per pouch. Buy Zen online or find a store near you at zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com and buy it today. This product does contain nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive product chemical. We roll on with this Thursday edition of Big Bets. Great having Calvin Watkins join us uh, last segment there from Dallas Morning News talking all things Cowboys and Eagles. That game right about five right now for the Cowboys with the official news that Jalen Hurts is out. We also have the official news that the wide receiver playing quarterback will not be playing quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. That is Ryan Tannehill. He
4: is officially out for this week. It is unofficial, but we don't even know if he's going to play for the rest of the year. That's going to be a huge blow, especially if they were to drop this game against Houston. And I'll tell you what, if you're a Tennessee Titans fan, you're going to be watching this game tonight between the Jets and the Jaguars as if the Titans are playing because it's a crucial game. Uh, If Jacksonville loses, Tennessee needs to navigate the final two games. They win the final two games. They win the division. Mm -hmm. However, if Jacksonville wins, and I'm assuming Jacksonville is going to beat the Texans. I think it's a home game for them in the final, uh, the second to last game against Houston. I would assume that then it sets up the showdown game in the final weekend of the regular season. That number's dropped now. Titans favored by just three against the Texans. Malik Willis will get that start. You mentioned the
3: Jaguars and the Jets game. That gets us to our pro tip here in hour number one. It's a really good one, by the way. It's almost like if a game like this, which was pick them for most of the week, has gone up to two. What is looking for here, and it's a great pro tip, you're looking for a score, Right? I'm just, as an in-game better, you're waiting. and It's better than trying to figure out what the weather's going to look like. How does Jacksonville feel in these colder temperatures in the Meadowlands? What's Zach Wilson look like this week? You want to wait a little bit on games that you really don't have a strong opinion on before the game starts. You're hoping for maybe an early score. And then see where that number is and get the best of the number. It's,
4: it's, it's due diligence and patience is what it is. 100% right. Very well phrased. By the way, Jacksonville is uh, at uh, Houston next week. Okay. So they got a couple of road games in a row. So, again, these games are of paramount importance, obviously, for the Jags.
3: Uh, getting to tonight. But, again, if, you're, if you don't have a strong feeling one way or the other, Wait. See what happens in that first quarter. And you're probably going to get a much better in-game number
4: if maybe your lean was towards the Jets, or towards the Jags, depending on what happens, say, the first eight minutes. You could have gotten Cincinnati plus 11 and a half against Tampa last week. There's a there's a plethora of different games and sometimes it doesn't work out. But I think 75 to 80 percent of the time it's going to work in your favor. These games, especially in the NFL, they tend to be closer to the number. Perfect example we saw with the Raiders and the Patriots, mm-hmm. uh, Patriots who are down big. They come back. They take the lead in that game. You could have easily taken the Raiders on the money line at a plus price when they were down. So, so many different options and opportunities. The other thing you might want to take a look at, total of 37 here. Maybe the weather's a bit of a factor in terms of wind and other things. Uh, so just something to caution yourself with if you're looking at betting this game. Now, if you have one team that you prefer over the other, hey, go for it. Good good number. Yep, Very inexpensive on both sides. You don't have to cover anything big here if you like the Jets or if you like Jacksonville, and you can get a plus 120 on the money line. And it's great
3: advice, and that is the pro tip for our number one here. Again, across the VEASAN spectrum, we give you access to up to 20 pro tips a day if you are a VEASAN pro subscriber, and you can go to VEASAN.com and sort these out by show. And or by sport, we've been talking a lot about the weather, and the weather this time of year is of paramount importance, certainly in the NFL and also in college football. And we talked about the bowl game a little bit earlier between Baylor and Air Force. It's three and a half. Look at the total, 42 and a half. Yeah.
4: Amal, what do we have going on in the great state of Texas? Yeah, I got a message, and I appreciate it, uh, in terms of there could be severe wind in this game at about Ooh. 20 miles an hour plus. Temperatures expect to be about three degrees. I'm not cr- concerned about the temperature as much. It's the wind. Because wait, wait, it, wait, you said temperature about three degrees. With the, with the wind chill, yeah. I
3: always say, just keep the three degrees. Let's call it an even zero. Like, I <laughs> don't need fair. those three Right? I'm going to need those. Like, If it's if it's 58 and I want to play golf and you give me those three degrees later to make it 61,
4: then it feels warm. Three degrees, I mean, it's zero. There, there are no degrees. I, I think you need it. You need, you need those yeah, three? Yeah, I think you need it as much as you can get at that point. But I think it could be a factor. So, again, this might be a similar situation in the Jets game where you wait and see. Uh, I took Baylor here uh, in this game. I still like them, even though they're not going to be as effective potentially in the passing game. I still think the athletes that they have are just better – but I'll tell you one thing that's always challenging when you play the service academies. They never beat themselves. They right. don't create uh, dumb penalties or dumb plays. And it, it'll be a challenge for the Bears here. But I think the time to get ready for this should help them. Uh, the only thing, one of the worst terms that they use a lot in college football more than anything because they run a lot of, uh,
3: you know, options, the mesh point. I just it's it's c I don't know why, it just
4: makes me cringe. There's, everybody's got certain terms uh, like that, yeah, right? The best point, eh? It's 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 like Fumble the handoff. It, for me it's like the mesh point. point. No, they like, like, just fumble what, the handoff. It's like when everybody here on this network goes, I'm gonna sprinkle a little on the money line. What do you work? at? Dunkin' Donuts? Stop it. I'm like, just yeah. just tell me you either bet the money line or you didn't. Man up. I mean it's that that, that salt thing, the salt guy, whatever, who do the thing
3: with the salt. So they sprinkle it on there, make it look cool. All right, so, again, uh, we're going to get some bad weather for Baylor and Air Force. But, again, the winds will be high. It's going to be cold. So we're not expecting a lot through the air, even though it is Air Force. I want to get to college basketball tonight and uh see, but I'm thank you, Steph. Uh, we're gonna get to some college basketball tonight and see if there's anything that you like. By the way, that Michigan UNC game last mm-hmm. night. Yeah. So I didn't I didn't have a, a stake in either side, but I'm watching it, and of course, in conjunction with the number. The total was 154 and UNC was favored by five and a half. Mm-hmm. So there's a foul called with like a couple seconds to go. Michigan's got two shots. Yeah. They're up six. So they're already covering the number. Yeah, makes the first. You're up seven. Yeah, misses the second. Throw it down. Set those puppies. Knock down the three inside of a second. Goes to four, and the over hits with the quote-unquote air quote meaningless three. Everything. Well, you can watch a basketball game of them all for forty minutes. Yeah, and
4: <laughs> it all comes down to one second. And one shot. I still remember the Chris Duhon 2004 UConn uh, UConn Duke uh, final four game. If Mecca Okafor makes the second free throw, or if he misses the first but makes the second, Duhon probably doesn't hit the shot. I I think he, I'm sorry, he um, missed the first one. If he misses the second one, it would have been more difficult just based on time gathering. Right, so you make it, you get the
3: opportunity inbound the whole bit. So that's what look, these are, I know we're always trying to look for those great numbers out there. It shows you, how good people are of setting those numbers across, uh, certainly out here in Las Vegas, right? That it came down to a Michigan three at the buzzer for the over to hit and for Michigan to cover that five and a half.
4: Well, you know, that's a great example of a, a line where if you get the best of it. Now, for example, if you took Eastern Illinois second half plus 15 and a half, wow. you didn't have to worry about that because Eastern Illinois outscored Iowa in the second half of that game, 55 to 38. Let me say that again. They were getting 15-and-a-half second half. And they outscored them by 19. By 17. By 17, yeah. Whoa. Wow. So, you know, I'm going to tell you, I'm sitting there watching the game. So when this uh, halftime score was 45-38, I believe, in that one. Mm -hmm. I I think it was 45-37. And I remember I said, I'm not going to check the score until Iowa gets to 61. Because that means I'd have to have been shut out for that duration. I never came to it. I love the way you kind of play games within the game there. Uh, certainly
3: looking for those numbers. So we've got a lot of these, these games going on today where maybe they're not the sexiest matchups. The one that just jumps off the, the page to me is NC State. Don't
4: mm-hmm. turn your back on the Wolf pack. I'm going to tell you right now, we're not doing another NC State game the rest of the year. I, 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 can't, I can't stomach hearing that one more time. Go ahead, please. You might end up in a body bag. NWO. Uh so the the Wolfpack is gonna lay seventeen and a half against the Vill. Is it, isn't it NWA? And well, NWA is New World Order. Isn't that oh, wrestling?
3: Yeah, that's what I'm doing.
4: Oh, sorry. Don't turn
3: your back. <laughs> the Wolfpack, we we're a part of the NWO. That's my wrestling knowledge. So now you're gonna lay seventeen and a half with state against the Vill. If Wes Reynolds was here right now, he would go into a ten minute dissertation on the NWO. It's amazing the knowledge wow. he has with, with wrestling. What's happened to the Ville? Denny Crum's not walking through that door. Rick Pitino's not walking through that door. I mean, what has happened to Louisville basketball? It's Louisville, by the way, not Louisville.
4: Well, listen. At this point in time, you can call it whatever they want. They don't deserve the respect the way they've played this year. This team has been horrific. Oh my God! I mean, like, but you don't like. We're talking about blue bloods. Yeah, no, I don't disagree. Louisville is a blue blood. No question about it. But you know, when you're when you're stop uh, dropping games to the. Lipscomb Bison's at home, man. You're in trouble. And this team in this one is in trouble against, uh, NC state number of 17, 17 and a half. Look, the way NC state gets up and down the floor, they should be able to cover against a bad Louisville team. Not going to lay this number because NC state can be inconsistent at times, but, uh, th- this is a tough, tough matchup. I think the Cardinal are in trouble here. NC state gets to 11 and three here
3: before we're going to break. And we'll try to get some more in, in the hour. Uh, second hour. If we have time, Harvard against Kansas, mm-hmm. it's one of those, you know, Harvard's going to try to slow it down, right? 21 and a half uh, against rock chalk. Jayhawk.
4: Well, Harvard struggled. They lost against uh, Howard at home uh, over the weekend. Yeah. And now you go into the fog against the team that uh, that's going to get out and push the ball, push the tempo. Um, this is one where it feels like somewhere between uh, 17 to 25 is going to be the margin of victory for KU. Hmm. Not going to not going to touch this game, but Kansas is quietly look. They're a number four team. They're just not as good as KU's been in years past. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough one, but the smart guys coming there to to the fog. It's going to be interesting to see. Well, the, this is not going to be a math
3: competition. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, come on back out number two. We got a lot of NFL to discuss with you here on Big Bets on Visa, the sports betting network.
0: if you dare.
1: MoPlay. play